Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Psalm 122.1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Could you stand up this morning as we want to sing the gospel? I believe you gave sight to the blind. I believe that the dead came to life. I believe there were wonders and signs, and you're still the same. I believe, I believe every word that you said. I believe there are scars in your hands, that your goodness is good without end, and you'll never change. I will tell of your wonders, sing of your grace. The God of creation knows me by name. The Lord is faithful yesterday, now and always, always. Your mercy is mighty, age after age, all generations will
to worship the Lord this morning? God is faithful. He is faithful. Well, welcome to our service today. Um, as you notice, Pastor Eric is not here this morning. Um, he is not feeling well, so he called me yesterday and said, hey, can you like oversee the service today? <laughs> I said, sure. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Um, I am so glad that you're here. We have a great service plan. We have a special guest that I'll introduce shortly. I uh, just want to share a couple things with you. We're actually going to watch a video right now, and then I'm going to share a few announcements, and then we're, we're going to watch another video. So, Dave, if you'll bring that up. Hey, Hillside. Hope you're doing well. Uh, my name is Jeremy Schiltz, and today I'm going to tell you a little bit about the opportunity I have to go to Indonesia. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm the son of John and Sharon Schiltz, and so I do have history at Hillside. I've been going there as long as I can remember, I'm really excited to appreciate you guys a little bit about the opportunity I have to go to Indonesia. So let me just give you a couple quick facts about the country. Um, the people of Indonesia are split between two major groups, although still very diverse. Um, there are Asians in the west um, and Melanesians in the east. Over time, the people groups, um, Arabs, Indians, and Europeans came to the country uh, so it makes for a very diverse blend uh, of people. Indonesia is an island lo located in Southeast Asia. Uh, it has a very dense population of 203 million people in a small area of 2,300 miles east to west. So you can imagine how uh, tightly packed the people are. It's a very small island and lots of people. Uh, the country borders the Netherlands in the east and the Indies, and it is composed of the greater islands of Sumatra and Java, and the lesser islands of Bali, and many other smaller islands. It is what is called an archipelago, um, so it is um, a nation composed of many islands. Um, I'll be serving with ministry partner Marianne Adams. Uh, many of you know her. Um, she has ministry history at uh, hillside too and so I'm very excited and privileged to be able to work under her leadership uh, so yeah I'll be serving from May 11th to July 3rd and so as a part of the program the college requires 
uh, six to eight weeks um, of service, of actually doing ministry and, and min getting ministry experience. And so I have to um, complete that time bracket. Um, but I also am excited to, to do it. And it's really, truly an honor. Um, so yeah, who will I be serving with? I'll be serving with the local uh, ICA church, so that is the International Christian Assembly. Uh, there are two campuses, so I'll be going to multiple services between the two. Uh, I'll be involved in um, the kids' worship, so I'll be worshiping with instruments, which is something that the Lord has been using in my life. It's something that um, I've been a part of at Trinity, playing with instruments and worshiping the Lord in that way. And so that's the ministry of variety. I'll be getting a variety of ministry, but that is the primary thing I'll be doing there. I'll also be helping with a VBS. I'll help Marianne set up a VBS. I'll help uh, teach Sunday schools, all kinds of stuff. And so if you have any other questions about what I'll be doing, um, there's lots of other stuff so I can tell you. I can tell you after, or you can contact me or the pastor. Uh, so yeah. Um, but why do I believe the Lord is asking me to go to Indonesia? Uh, I believe he's laid it on my heart for a purpose. And um, I, I think that uh, serving people of other cultures has been something that he has been doing in my life for quite some time now. Uh, ever since I was 10 years old, I believe the Lord has, has laid it on my heart to serve in that function. And I attended uh, a program at Trinity, a six to eight month program called Pack Your Bags. And I was able to serve in the Philippines. And through that program, that's really kind of what kindled uh, a love for other, other people groups and why I'm getting a degree. Uh, so yeah. So how will I go? Um, with your help, obviously. Uh, the Lord is faithful and mighty, and I know with your prayer and support, uh, I'll be able to, to go overseas. Uh, prayer is the number one uh, mode of partnership um, I really would appreciate your prayers as I prepare for this journey. And then uh, financially, uh, I have a budget of $4,000. So that's for plane tickets, um, passport materials, uh, COVID shots, all kinds of stuff. And so give me an account number, an account there. Um, um, and so you can do that or you can do it through the church and designate those funds that way. And so those are the primary modes of partnership. But prayer is very important, and that's how I'm going to be able to get there. So uh, I appreciate everything in advance, all of your prayers and support. And I appreciate Hillside uh, as a church. Uh, I love that church, and I love you guys. And I really hope to see you soon, and I'll keep you updated on what the Lord is doing. Thanks. Isn't it great to see what God's doing in Jeremy's life? I'm excited for him. If you would like to partner with him, uh, this is what Pastor said. You can just put um, any donations in the offering receptacle at the end of the service. And I know Jeremy would greatly appreciate it. So just a few announcements before we show one more video of another missions opportunity. Um, just a couple announcements. Today um, is our missions convention, and again, we have a special guest with us that I will introduce shortly, um, but we also get to eat together following the service. Um, so I will give instructions um, after the service is done today, but it's going to be a great time for us to get to know each other a little bit better. 
Um, just a couple other announcements. Easter is just around the corner. And I hear that we're going to be filling eggs really soon. <laughs> so we're doing an Easter egg hunt here. And if you would like to uh, participate with that, I think that begins this Wednesday night, March 22nd. And for the next three uh, Wednesday nights, if you would like to help fill eggs and just hang out and have a good time talking with one another, I know Pastor and Pam would love to have each one of you here. Um, and then we have our Easter celebration. Um, there's going to be a Good Friday service, and then there'll be the Easter egg hunt, and then we will have Easter Sunday service. So just make sure, come and be a part of it. Invite someone. If you got a family member or a friend, it is going to be a great day. So that's all the announcements that I'm going to share. You can read the bulletin on your own if you want to. We're just going to show one more video of another opportunity we have to help someone with a missions trip. Hi everyone, as some of you may know already, my name is Allie and I am a student at Ripon College and I am just super excited to tell you this morning about my mission trip to Alaska. So this is a trip run out of a church in Wisconsin Rapids through an organization called Graceworks. So while I'm there, I'm going to be focused on children's ministry. So we will be giving them great food for their stomachs, we'll be giving them Bible lessons, and we will also just be playing, talking, whatever they need to have a nice time and to grow with God. We will also be doing ministry for the parents, you know, Bibles, and just giving them ways that they can help their kids grow in Christ too while we're not there. So for this trip, I do need funds, which is about $1,200. If you want to financially contribute to this trip, you can talk to Pastor Eric and he'll tell you what you need to know about that. But otherwise, what I need is prayer. So I need prayer for myself and my team that we can plan for this trip so that we can actually get there and have good lessons for the kids and just make sure that we can do all of God's great work. So. Thank you all for listening. It's great to see what God's doing in Allie's life as well, too. And again, if you would like to um, donate and give to her financially, you can do the same thing as for Jeremy. Um, I think it'd be appropriate right now to pray for both of them. So can we just take a minute and just pray for both Jeremy and Allie that they're finances would be provided for and that God would use them. They've sent the, the calling, prepare to do the, this for them financially, and you'd open up the right doors. I pray that you would provide for them financially, and Lord, let them make an impact in people's lives. God, I just pray that they would be a light and encouragement um, to the people that they reach out to. Just pray that you would encourage them, um, bring people alongside them to support them, and just to, to speak words of life to them. We just pray a blessing over each of them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you ready to worship the Lord? Mike, lead us in worship. I like this next song and some of the references to the Old Testament. I'm calling on the God of Jacob and Moses and David. Uh, our faith has been joined through the ages with 
other believers of like precious faith. And actually, I'm going to ask Robbie to uh, lead this one this morning. Could we stand this morning again? I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the I need you now to do the same thing for me. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you.
the captives then you're freeing hearts right now you are the same god you are the same god you touch the lepers then i feel your touch right now you are the same god you are the same god oh just worship him on your own now Lord, we give you praise. that you said though I am going away I will not leave you comfortless but I will come to you the spirit thank you Jesus and we'd like to conclude this time of worship leading up to Josh's message and his challenge and he's already challenged us this morning and I'm sure he's going to challenge each of us today We'd like to sing, Take My Life and Let It Be, that grand old hymn. And as we prepare to sing that, I'd like to share a scripture verse, Romans 12, 1. It's up on the God's mercy, holy worship. And may we offer ourselves to God today and to the mission of Christ, which is to seek and to save the lost, to preach the gospel to every creature, and to make disciples of all nations. Amen. That's the mission that Josh is going to share with us this morning. Take my life and
sing verse one again a cappella. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of each individual one of us to do something for you. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would remind us and reveal to us how we can serve you. Worship is so much more than just singing a few songs on a Sunday morning. It's living our life in a way that is pleasing to you. God, we offer our lives to you as a living sacrifice. Take my life and let it be God, we offer ourselves to you. Thank you for your presence here, he said. And not just waving because she wants to wave, but we have kids' church today. So, kids, if you want to go, Jackie is ready to go. She's excited. Wonder why is that? Is that for the Packers? St. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick's Day. All right. Hey, so great to have you here. Um, today, as I shared earlier, we have a special guest with us. We have um, from our district, um, the district Chi Alpha director, Josh Ernst. Um, it was such a privilege to hear him share this morning during our grow group time. You are going to enjoy the time that we have together with him today. So Josh, if you come and share the word of God, we are so excited to have you. Let's welcome him this morning. To be back here at uh, Hillside Assembly, you guys have a special place in our hearts. So neat to see Jeremy's story on the screen. Um, many, many moons ago, <laughs> uh, I was in Bible college with my wife, Heather, and uh, my wife, and my wife uh, wanted to get more practice doing ministry, so she decided to make a 45-minute drive from Ellendale, North Dakota, to a small little town called Cullum. And in Cullum, there's an Assembly of God church that had incredible pastors, Pastor Bill and Loretta Bush, who ended up marrying uh, Heather and I. And um, Heather started doing children's ministry at this church with Pastor Bill and Loretta. And I tried to help her. I'm not great with children's ministry. I was always youth. Youth and college is my, my place. But my wife is really good with children as well. She currently works as a 4K teacher at Winnicani. And um, she needed some help in the children's ministry, and she invited a young uh, student who was a, a student at Trinity Bible College at the time. Her name was Marianne Adams. 
and uh, Marianne started to come with my wife, Heather, and they started to do, uh, Marianne started doing children's ministry with my wife in Cullum. And when we graduated and moved on, we left Marianne in charge of that children's ministry at Cullum Assembly. And when she graduated a few years later, she moved from there to here, to this church. And uh, I know her life and impact has been one that is great on all of you. She texted me this morning. She said, I'm so excited to hear you share at my church this morning. And I was like, what? Are you here? She was like, no, I'm watching online 12 hours ahead of you. But I will be with you in spirit. But I want you to know that of all the churches in all the world that Marianne could watch online, she consistently tunes in to watch your church service almost every Sunday. And uh, I just find that so incredible. So we were really heartbroken when she left from this church right after we moved here to Pioneer Chi Alpha at UW Oshkosh. And uh, she moved on and went to Jamestown and then, of course, served overseas. But it's always been a pleasure to host her in our home and, and Pastor Jackie as well when she's home itinerating and we get to spend a little bit of time with her. I'm sure you enjoy those moments as well. Um, but what's so neat now is that Jeremy has now answered the call and I'll tell you what, guys, there's two areas you really need to pray for more laborers, and that's in the area of missions, because so many of our veteran missionaries are closing in on retirement age. And there's going to be a mass exodus of missionaries in the coming years. And we need to pray that more and more uh, people will answer the call to go and make disciples of all nations. And the truth is, this is a really exciting statistic. I just found out uh, three weeks ago that in the Assemblies of God, 66% of new Assemblies of God world missionaries are Chi Alpha alumni from Chi Alpha. They are living the lost, how to have conversation day out on a public secular university, and they know how to engage the lost, how to have conversations with them, how to live life with them, how to share the gospel with them, and how to make a disciple of them so that they can continue to do it after they graduate. I want to remind you of this, that... So Jeremy, which I love too, is like some are called to public university and they're getting a degree that they can use in that context overseas, whether as a doctor or teacher, lawyer, architect, nurse, there's so many, you know, media, IT tech, there's so many different ways. Even kinesiology, CrossFit gyms are opening as businesses in different parts of the world to invite people in so they can share life with them and share Jesus with them. It's very, very clever. And both of your missionaries really spoke to my heart this morning because Jeremy is, a, is like my grandson in a way. <laughs> like, you know, like he's a spiritual grandchild of, uh, and, and so, and he's also at Trinity answering the call. So here you have a, uh, you got to get this. Here you have a young man who has said yes to the call of Jesus and gone to Bible college. And not only has he said yes, but he's going to also become, hopefully, a new missionary. At least he's going to try it out to pray and give some time and see if God is calling him to this long term. But the second area that we need great people in is children's ministry. There is a, a huge lack of production of children's ministers from our Bible college. So the fact that you have two people that just showed videos saying that they were going to go into kids ministry is like, you guys are the gold mine. Like, this is fantastic. This church is excellent at producing fantastic children's ministers. And we need to continue to send out more and more laborers into the harvest field. So I want to encourage you, bless them, support them. Uh, this young woman who's going to Alaska, we have a Chi Alpha missionary 
who graduated from NDSU in Fargo, who had a teaching degree and went and taught in a public school for a few years, decided that uh, he really felt God calling him to go make disciples. And so he left the public school and then moved to Anchorage, Alaska to pioneer a brand new Chi Alpha group at the University of Alaska in Anchorage. And that group is now forming teams. You can go to whatihave.org, whatihave.org, and they are, they are recruiting teams of Chi Alpha alumni graduates who have teaching degrees and other degrees to go to Alaska to live in their internship in Anchorage to learn how to live in Alaska for one year. And then they are sending teams of four to five people to rural towns, rural villages in the outskirts of Alaska to live on mission as a team in that community to lead people to Jesus. But because they're teachers and these little towns can't get teachers, they will pay through the nose to have people come and serve these communities that are way out in the bush in the middle of nowhere. I mean, a watermelon costs $60 in this. It's $9 a pound for a watermelon in, in, in Alaska. And they're paying these. Te- so we have Chi Alpha alumni who are going in as teachers into the public schools of rural villages in Alaska in community, four or five of them together, to live on mission to share the gospel and make a difference in that community paid for by the public school. It's remarkable what God is doing. UW-Green Bay, our Chi Alpha group there, is going on a vision trip uh, soon at the end of the school year to Alaska to go see if there are students when they graduate who want to go and serve in Alaska. So please consider giving to Jeremy. Consider giving, I forget her name, to this young woman. Like she's going to Alaska to do children's ministry. He's going to the Philippines to work with one of our very own and allow God's anointing to press and grow from generation to generation to generation. So my heart is with you. I love this church and I love what God is doing here. You about we've said we've heard that and said that. I'm sure every husband's like, oh yes. <laughs> All the time, right? Like, uh, you misunderstand a situation because you did not know the bigger picture. You didn't know what was actually going on. It seems like, especially with social media today, even more misunderstanding and harm is being done by quotes and statements and sound bites that are taken out of context. Well, they said this. Well, yeah, but they also said all of this. And you're, you're just taking that little thing and you're missing the big picture of what they were trying to say or what they did say. Even verses in the Bible itself have been used for great acts of evil when they were removed from their context. But there is also the danger of living a life that is out of context. Listen, you were not meant to just float independently through this life as a short soundbite out of sync and out of context with the greater story that God is authoring in his word. And I love this song choice. That's totally, I I didn't know you were going to sing that, but same God is exactly what we're talking about. Your life is not meant to live out of context to the grand story that God has been weaving for generation to generation, for eons throughout all of history. And we can and should be 
the Bible has this theme, right? The Bible has a theme to its great narrative that we can navigate our lives by. We can align our lives to live within the context of his story if we know the theme. What is the theme? What verses come to mind when you think of the word missions? Give me, usually everybody goes to the same place. Which one are you thinking about? What? John 3.16, good. What are some other ones? Yeah, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, right? Uh, that's the, the one that is, and for most of us, we are hard-pressed to name more than a, a few of the old faithful uh, Great Commission verses. You know, we know this one. For Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. For years, church culture has singled out this passage to be the theme of our missions conferences and our motivation for those who go, right? It is no wonder that our obedience is slow. Who wants to hang their future on one verse? Mission, though, is not something that the Bible merely speaks about. Mission is what the Bible is about. It is the context that provides the backbone for God's story and our story. Since creation, God has been interested in redeeming all peoples to himself. Let's look at the Bible in the light of God's heart for the world, and we will see that from Genesis all the way to Revelation, he is beckoning all believers to join him in bringing every people group to his throne. The Bible is not a collection of separate books with no common theme or story. It is one book with an introduction, Genesis 1 through 11, a plot, which is Genesis 12 through Jude, and a conclusion, Revelation. And God begins in Genesis by commanding mankind to fill the earth. In Genesis 1.28, it says, the earth, God bears God to have relationship with him. God wanted Adam and Eve to full, fill the, whoops, no, I pushed this up now. I thought I turned it off. To fill the earth and multiply that we would be full of his image bearers and worshipers. God has always had a plan to fill the earth with a worldwide worshiping community. However, we know in, that by Genesis 3, sin has crept in and damaged that image, right? And by chapter 8, the world is not looking good. I mean, it is a total mess. But as God floods the earth and starts over, listen to the command that he gives Noah just after he steps off the ark. God's plan in filling the earth with worshipers remained the same. Genesis 9-1 says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Same story. Do it again. Try it again. Let's try over again. And again, the command to multiply and fill the planet with a community of worshipers is the same. As we come to chapter 11 and the conclusion of the introduction, there should be one simple question on all of our minds. Does God get 
what he wants. Does God get the earth filled with his glory? Unfortunately, failure is right around the corner instead. And Genesis 11 tells us now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. This is direct opposition to the will of God. And it is absolutely in the heart of every man and woman. Let us come together, build a city for ourselves so that we can make our names great and not be scattered all over the earth. Notice at this time there is only one language and one people. The nations did not yet exist. Their failure to fill the earth was in direct rebellion to God's commands. But instead of wiping them out, God responds with a plan of mercy and creativity. He confuses their languages and recreates them into diverse nations, scattering them all over the earth. God states in Genesis 11, 7 and 8, Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. So as we end this introduction, we see God has people scattered all over the earth speaking many different languages. So how is he going to reach all of them? What will he do? Who will he use? And this is where the plot begins. As soon as God creates the nations, he initiates a plan to regroup some from each of these languages and people groups and sets aside one nation that will be his missionary nation. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will bless you and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. You are my sent one. From the beginning, God has chosen one missionary nation and sent it out. That was his plan. We find out later that the blessing is salvation through Abraham's faith. But God has a larger context for what he is going to do for the world through Abraham and his family. God blesses Abraham so that in turn, he and his family, to bless your family, enter in Abraham's family. They were a missionary family. Watch God continue to call succeeding generations to reach all the nations. Next in line is Abraham's son Isaac, to whom God repeats the command in Genesis 26.4. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. That's the plan. And to Isaac's son Jacob in Genesis 28, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. The mission was for everyone in Abraham's family. 
Because in Genesis 12, 3, God promised that all the peoples would be blessed through them. Christ is the object of blessing for all the nations, but the family is the means. Just to make the connection to us, we are spoken of in the New Testament as being the spiritual descendants of Abraham. Fellow members of his family, Genesis, or excuse me, Galatians 3.29. If we are in the family, we are part of the mission. I think we have Galatians 3.9. Yes. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If we are in the family, we are part of the mission. It is a missionary family, and the church inherits the same mission that the people of God have had throughout the whole Bible. The rest of the Old Testament is filled with God's design for Israel to be a light to the nations. As we understand the bigger context, we can begin to see the stories of the Bible through a new missions lens. Here's just a few examples. The Ten Commandments were given by God to Moses and the people for a missional purpose. They are commanded to obey the commands in Deuteronomy 4.6 and observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations. It's to be an example for them. This is how you should live. I want them to watch you live so they know how to live for me. God's reputation was spread afar after parting the Red Sea when other nations and people heard about God's work. In Joshua 2, 9 and 10, Rahab exclaimed, I, Rahab, know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. We also see that God gave Solomon great wisdom for a larger purpose, so that in 1 Kings 4, 34, so that men of all nations... All nations came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. His wisdom was meant to be something that going on in Israel. Even if God's story remained the same. Same God. Now Christ, God in the flesh, or healing various Gentiles to teach his followers. Christ in the New Testament maintained the pattern that was established in the Old Testament. The purpose of God in gathering worshipers from all nations helps us understand Jesus' teachings and actions such as clearing the temple. When upon reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area designated for the Gentiles to worship and found people buying and selling there. Area in the temple. Just sell stuff. And he drove them out saying, Is it not written that my house will be a called a house of prayer for all nations? Mark eleven fifteen through 17. Basically, they were shutting out the very Gentiles that God desired to gather and include in worship. And Jesus teaches on the sign of his return in Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom 
will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We can see that something about the timeline of God's purpose in history will hinge on the fulfillment of his Abrahamic promise to bless all nations.